Today's thrilling tale sees someone called Jezebel shouting about someone called Madame Versailles, who doesn't seem all that interesting to me, but Flint is here undercover, so they must be up to something. These two are arguing about a youth treatment, and didn't we just do this one? Zorana whips off her Jezebel mask, which definitely feels like something I've seen about 60 times now, but Flint disguised as the pool boy, and Dreadnoughts in tuxes seem new. I don't even think these guys had tuxes on for Cobrathon. But then they're not in tuxes, which means they were probably just those quick tearaway tuxes that strip wear, and I am seriously uncomfortable with where this train of thought is headed. Next, Flint and Lady J go see a guy called Sparks, who works in TV but was apparently formerly on the G.I. Joe team. He shows them what appears to be an infomercial for this de-aging process that Zarena just swiped, because infomercials were the best way to learn things about things in the pre-internet days, I guess. I mean, they do have the word info right there in the name. Then Sparks reveals that this company is owned by extensive enterprises, and seriously, why don't the Joes have an action accountant whose only job is to watch what extent of Enterprises is up to. So they gather up a team to investigate further, but it's just dial tone, sci-fi, and mainframe again. For characters I don't know a whole lot about, I'm really starting to get sick of these three. Also, Beachhead is here. Every time I think I have a handle on what this guy's job is supposed to be, I'm wrong. The only other alternative is that the writers are just pushing all the new toys willy-nilly with no real consistent plan, but that can't possibly be right. You dragged us 3,000 miles from headquarters just to watch commercials? Not just commercials, Beachhead. Infomercials. Oh, and now Gung Ho is here. He's not from the new toy line. What are you guys even doing? So they split into teams. Flint and Sci-Fi visit the woman in the infomercial, Donna Dasher. It will shock you to learn that a movie star in a cartoon is portrayed as kind of a difficult prima donna. She actually turns the elephants on the set of her movie against two active duty military guys, which is possibly something you didn't see coming, though. I hope whatever serves as the official G.I. Joe wiki has a special section for civilians who should be in jail for all the shit they do to this team, and if they do have that section, that it's quite large. The elephants sequence goes on for a really long time, despite not having much to do with the actual plot. It's the alley fight from They Live in cartoon form. Only instead of Keith David and that wrestler guy, it has elephants and more elephants and a couple of G.I. Joes. Next, Dial Tone and Mameframe go to visit their guy. Boy, that Brett Tinker sure can kick a football. Yeah, Mainframe, I see what you're doing here. I have also been that nerd who desperately tries to convince his co-workers that he knows about sports. I wasn't very good at it, and neither are you. Tinker turns his teammates against the Joes, and while it's not quite as interminable as the elephant bit, it's not what I would call terminable either. One, because I'm not sure that's actually a word, but two, because this episode is clearly being padded out with largely inconsequential action sequences, and not even ones that show off the snazzy new vehicles and playsets. Meanwhile, Lady J and Gung Ho have been keeping their eyes on the ageless care spa. And her plan, which probably won't result in any elephant stampedes, is for them to all go visit this place undercover as Beverly Hills gym patrons of the mid-80s. I think I can get on board with this. Look at them, the nincompoops. Their disguises don't fool me. Maybe they're not disguises. Maybe they just like to dress up. Given the awesome outfits I've seen you in recently, Dr. Mindbender, surely you can relate to this. The undercover Joes are split up. Half of them are taken to the steam room and the other half to the sun room. So obviously this turns the first half into children and the other half into old people. What else were you expecting to happen? One of the kids sounds like Daniel Witwicky, and I deserve a medal for self-restraint for not throwing something at the screen when I heard that. Also, the old version of Gung Ho looks like he's wearing a bald cap, which... Alright, first of all, it's a cartoon. Second, he's already bald! As the kids escape, Zorana actually remembers that she was in love with one of them once. Good luck, mainframe. 
which is a legitimate nice bit of continuity. I actually feel bad for what I said earlier about the writers. Not bad enough to go back up and delete it, but Kinda bad. They approach a cop, who is Irish, because of course she is, and the cop shockingly doesn't believe the ridiculous claims coming from this group, whose ages range from 7 to 70. If nothing else, this is the exact target audience for every board game ever. Then Lady J, who I guess is Girl J now, or ooh, I know, Lil J, like L-I apostrophe L. I would read that comic strip. Anyway, she sneaks back into the spa, but she's attacked by evil mannequins who make her lose her pants. Then they run into Donna Dasher, who's an old lady, and the old men who were much younger a few minutes ago wonder what possibly could have happened to her. This time she offers to help them, rather than turning a bunch of elephants on them, which is good because now there are less than five minutes left in the episode, and you need a good 20 minutes for a proper elephant stampede scene. Then the Joes infiltrate the Cobra's main facility in the desert, and I guess Lil J and her friends have skateboards now, and I know that's dumb, but it is completely my kind of dumb. Zorana continues continues to remember that she cares about Mainframe and helps him turn his friends back. Then the episode ends with Lil J turning back into Lady J and then remembering she didn't have any pants, which feels like a real wah wah sitcom moment, but also it made me laugh, so maybe I'm a seven-year-old too.